Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music man's number one supplier. For the first two three days of the week a work week to be honest with you just getting through yeah that's how you're living your life right now just getting <laughs> nah, through nah. i'm not grinding as hard as other people are i'm just uh you know <laughs> smiling all day long baby you're on to something <laughs> man you're on to something i like yep. it i just got back from dropping off our first two packages for platform inc i want to give a shout out to my wife becca it's kind of a family affair, man. Mom, Becca got involved. They started making some hair bows nice. and kind of a sports theme, like school support their school kind of thing. So we got out and posted some items for Westfield, which is the town we live in. Um, and it was really cool. Like posted it in some mom's group in, in Westfield and we got some random purchases, random people. That's and I just went around town dropping that off. So that is pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pack. cool because you, you, you advertise something and people will. People yeah. will call, man. There's no doubt. We got to do it the right way. Like yeah. if that was a real, real business move, I'd take that money. we take that money for those purchases, put it back into Facebook ads, and yeah. then retarget certain people here in the city, which we probably will. Yeah. And um, and but get your more of a response. Process needs to be on on fleek when you start getting orders. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's nothing crazy. I think we can get it done. But um, oh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see. If anybody wants to learn a little bit more, Platform Inc. is the name of the company, the e-commerce engine, the e-commerce wing for Platform Sports League. So um, custom uh, apparel, printing services, vinyl stickers, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, building to the store, it. building to the Shopify store. Um, but we're, So we're using Shopify for the whole engine. Go check it out. DM me for any details. We got you covered. Anyway, Monday through, what's today? Wednesday? Wednesday. Monday through Wednesday. Solid. Yeah. Saturday evening, late afternoon to Saturday evening. Not so solid for the Boilermakers. Oh, uh, man. All right. You know. The score was bad, obviously, but there's some take. There's some positive things coming out of there, though. I'll I'll give them that, especially on offense. I think we got a little too big for our britches. Got a little yeah. too excited. I'm saying we as fans, not you know, not in the locker room, whatever it is. Yeah. So you know, I even put money on this spread. It was twenty and a half point favorites. <laughs> yeah. The odds makers are not screwing around. I feel like whatever formula they use, man, they're usually on it. It's non-human. It's non-human. It's it's insane. Yeah. So I lost a little bit in that game, but um, overall, like I honestly, I couldn't. I got through the first half, and that was really it for me. So that was call me fair weather. It is what it is. I love my golden black, but I stopped. I couldn't see it, man. I couldn't watch it. But um, I don't know. The first few drives, man, I feel like it was uh, pretty solid. Like the offense, the Buckeyes. I mean, it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. That's another level but of athlete. Yeah, and they played the perfect first half, really, and ended the game. Like, they didn't make any mistakes. You we mean by scoring mistakes. every drive? Yeah, basically, a per exactly. perfect half. Yeah, but we were also giving them the ball on the 50. And you know what I mean? We made some mistakes that you can't make against a hot team and one of the best teams in the country. Right. Their receiving room is ridiculous. Yeah, they got some athletes. There's no doubt about that. 59 to 31 was the final. Um, CJ Stroud, 
absolute stud, 31 for 38, 361, and five TDs. Solid night. Um, The running back, Williams, 14 carries, 117. And, uh, yeah, pretty solid performance. Our boys, AOC, Aiden O'Connell, 40 for 52, 390, and four TDs. Yeah, say that's they they battled. They came out and yeah. you know had a little excitement in the second half too. They were they were marching down the field the first few drives uh, of the game as well. Um, D Bell with another 100 yard game, 11, 11 receptions, one hundred three. Yeah, staying consistent, baby. Love so it. Reliable. Um, you know, I just think it's a it's regroup time and it's time to keep an eye on eight wins for the boys. We got. Yeah. We got the the Wildcats and Northwestern up in Chicago, Wrigley Field this week, right? Ah, uh, yeah, can't wait to see that game. Twelve o'clock, baby. I was mad, man. As soon as they announced it, like early, early in the year, we literally went to the hotels and websites, and everything was booked already. So that'd be something sick going to watch a football game in Wrigley Field, but didn't happen. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping their bowl game is in the Bronx, so maybe we can go see that. That'd be crazy. Pinstripe Bowl, Yankee Stadium, love it. Yeah. Um, so we got Northwestern and then we're finishing up with the old Hoosiers down South, uh, back at Ross aid for the last game of the year. I'll be there for sure for the bucket. Um, so then, you know, like I said, we got two, two shots, two shots for two W's and finish this game. Finish this season eight and four. It's nice. What was the last time they won eight games, man? Probably before you were there, right? What is the last time one? No, we won uh, Capital One Bowl. Oh, yeah, eight games that year. Capital One Bowl 2003. Was that eight? Or was it nine? I think it was yeah. nine because I think, I think the Capital One Bowl would have been ten wins. Yeah, you're probably right. I can't re- – I don't, I don't remember that specific, but, yeah, at least nine to get into a bowl game. Of that magnitude, you know. That was a solid defense for whoever is listening. 2003 Purdue Boilermaker defense. Really quick, rapid fire. Sean Phillips on a defensive line, long-time stud. We've got a story about him later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Defensive line, Craig Terrell, Seattle Seahawks for a while. Uh, who else was on that defensive line? Villarreal, wasn't Villarreal and Grover on that Villarreal, uh, New Orleans Saints for a while. Brent Grover, Beast, linebacker core of studs. Gilbert Gardner, Detroit yeah. Lions. Um, Landon Johnson. Landon Johnson, uh, who's he with? The Bengals for a while. I think he was Bengals. with the Lions as well. Yeah. Uh, and Nico Kudavides, man. New England Patriot, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. He played a bunch Stud. of a bunch of plays. Greek freak from Connecticut he came from. And then we got All-American Stu Schweigert in defensive backfield for the Raiders for a while. Um, Bernard Pollard, Chiefs, Titans, long NFL career. Jock Reeves, who went on to have a freaking solid NFL career for the Dallas Cowboys. Jock Reeves was the fastest player I've ever ever seen run live. Man, whipped. Man, whipped. He battled in the Big Ten's uh, 100-yard Hundred yards as well. Um, Stupid speed, man. I'm the leader. I'm sorry. That's that's a non-track guy speaking right there. The hundred yard. <laughs> that was the hundred yard. Anyway, um, and Antoine Rogers, Birdman, on the other side, yeah. man. He was younger too because he was around the next year. Yeah, he was around 04. another one. And that was a solid defense, solid year. Yeah. 
So anyway, you know, long story short, we're looking at eight games. That's a successful season. Um, I did not expect, well, it, as if it were to, ha- it automatically happen. It's not automatic, but if yeah. that is the case, I take that as a win. I didn't expect eight before the season, so uh, I'm going to take that. It's a step. It's a notch up, and the stock is rising for the Boilermakers. Even though I am a little nervous about after the season, no, D Bell's gone. We got Karloftis gone. Who else is stepping up? Who's taking that place? So that's going to be scary, man. I, I'm, I know Karloftis is 100 percent gone, but I'm hoping D Bell says, you know what, one more year. I'll take it, but whatever big man wants to do. Yep. What else you got on the boilers? Just a bump in the road, man. All right, let's regroup. Northwestern's tricky. You know what I mean? We always struggle against them a little bit, and yep. they're a well-coached football team. You know what you're going to get. Let's just go out there and put up 40 like we've been doing, and we'll be fine. Let's get it. Let's a little something it. called turn the page, move on to the uh-huh. next chapter. As the legendary high school coach Ron Langella would say, the train moves forward with Amen or without you. So hop on and let's go. Yep. All right, moving on to the NFL. We're going back to the power rankings real quick for week 11. Another solid Sunday. We're going to start with number five here. Los Angeles Rams go seven and three. Fall from yeah. number four to a tough loss with the 49ers. Did you watch any of that game? I did watch some. I wanted to see a little bit of OBJ. Um, surprise, Debo Samuel is a beast for the Niners. They, uh, they took it to the Rams. Yeah, 49ers blow out. The Rams took it to them. It was clear. For everybody, like, talking about, you know, Stafford, how he's not what everybody thinks he is, or Odell having an off game, whatever. They just weren't on the same page. The man has been there for, what, five days, not even? Yeah, exactly. Everybody take a chill. Let's just pump the brakes. Let's just pump the brakes. I'm still pretty confident in the Los Angeles Rams, man. I like it. They have the connections there. Don't force feed anybody. Just let it all come naturally. I think they'll be okay. Number four. The Cowboys come up uh, up from number seven. They're now seven yep. and two after they did what this week? They smacked the, the pesky Falcons. There, the Falcons are surprising some people too. Matt Ryan been playing pretty good, but uh, the Cowboys just wailed them right from get go. They're looking solid. Eight. Yeah, they looked good. They're going to be there at the end of the end of the season. It makes my stomach turn. <laughs> Coming up at number three, the Cardinals at eight and two fall from number yeah. one. Finally fall from number one. They had a tough one, man. McCoy McCoy got banged up. Wasn't the same as the week before. Uh, they had some guy never even heard the dude's name before at playing quarterback. Um, let me see if I can grab, pull it up quick. They lost to Carolina. Carolina with a handy, handy win. And my man, Cam Newton, is back. Let's listen to it. He's back. He's back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tim, what do you think about the whole I'm back scenario? I'm not, I really, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm not a Debbie Downer. Like, I like the celebration. I like a lot of Cam Newton celebrations. I just think, that, like you said earlier, let's pump the brakes. <laughs> you know, let's I pump mean, the all brakes. right. 
Let's see. It's you play two two plays. Let's see what we got in the next couple of weeks, Cam. Yeah, I'm uh in no way a hater whatsoever. Uh, exactly. Good to see Cam back in the the Panthers outfit outfit uniform, getting in the end zone. <laughs> but at the same time, like you know, shoot, dude's probably been through a lot, man. Moving Absolutely. moving these yeah. couple times and you know having a rocky start to this season and kind of moving in and out. So. Good to yeah. see. Hopefully everything stays consistent and it grows from there. But, you know, that's just Cam being Cam. That is what it yep. is. That's it. Moving on to number two, the Titans. 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 Who'd they blast this week? Titans got it done. They uh, they took it to the Saints 23-21. No oh, Derrick yeah. Henry for the first week. Good game. Uh, Titans defense, you know. Held it together towards the end and won the football game. Eight and two, looking strong. And at yep. number one, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and the boys, eight and two, moving up from number three after they put it on the Seattle Seahawks. Blanked them 17 zip. 17 zip. Um, Aaron looking... Rodgers is just a difference maker, man. There's no question. Uh, yeah. the, the, the leaders of the pack in the NFL kind of stay around there. And they're kind of shuffling in that top five. So we got the Rams, we got the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Titans, and the Packers. It's all going to boil down to staying healthy and who's going to be there at the end of the year through the playoffs, defense is staying strong, and who can execute. That's it. That's your NFL right there. That's the name of the game, baby. Let's hope Big Blue is in in that conversation too towards the end. That'd be pretty nice. Please, God. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Bringing it back to college, um, you know, a big thing at the end of the year for everybody in the coaching world is to start to keep that eye on the coaching carousel, man, what we call the coaching carousel. And it is, it's an intense thing. It's this working, the the coaching profession in college is, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's it's one of the few professions that I could think of that it's just understood that you're going to move. You're going to move around. Yeah. Um, you know, you start off at a, a, you know, a young coach, a part-time coach, restricted earnings, a graduate assistant, whatever it is. You yeah. go find that full-time position anywhere in the country. You just go do it and you work your way up to where you want to be. So uh, there's one website, no sponsor, no nothing. They should be, but that I used to live on as a coach, and it was Football Scoop. Footballscoop.com literally lists any change, any coaching change, any staff, any rumors, uh, all of that. So if you're really into the coaching carousel and uh, some news on who's who schools are looking at, all that, check out footballscoop.com. Right now, from what I see, they have a offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator tracker. So that means yeah. open positions. There's about 12, 12 on each side, uh, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, Washington State, Washington, USC, UMass, UConn, Texas Tech, TCU, Nebraska. Did he get rid of his full his staff? I don't know. I haven't seen really anything on that. Matt Lubick is gone, and 2022 is blank. We'll see what happens. LSU, Gonzo, Georgia Southern, and Akron at this point. Um, the coaching world is nuts, man. Crazy, man. That just gave me anxiety listening to all that. Just think about that. Like you literally, and the guys, there might be whatever, nine, 10, 11, 12 coaches, whatever it is that if your head coach is gone, like, you know, you're gone for the most part. It is rare that you're staying around for the next guy. Um, 
Yeah, I, to the point where, like, football scoop, I, I mentioned it before, but my wife, like, Becca used to be on that every day, literally, on, like, cool. just figuring out what was open, what was our next move, and I get I get scoop from her. And it's crazy because you, in that profession, like, you knew almost every school what head coach was where because, like, yeah. you're tied to a head coach, whoever you work for, um, and if that stock rises, your stock rises. Yeah, and it's just crazy. You know, you're attached and and you try and spread out to networks. I got an example. Uh, Dave Clawson, who's the head coach at Wake Forest right now, is having a fantastic year. I think they lost yeah. one so far to North Carolina. Um, but when I was in when I was in high school, Dave Clawson was the head coach at Fordham University in the Bronx. Wow. His defensive coordinator, Dave Cohen, was my yeah. recruiting coach. Okay, so this is 2001. That's 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So they're at one double A Fordham in the Bronx in these coaching offices that probably would look like closets and recruiting <laughs> their ass off every day. I get, I get done with my football career. I want to get into coaching. I call or I email Dave Cohen, that defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach at Hofstra one double A program in New York. And basically a day, not even half a day. He's like, yep, interested. Come out here for an interview. Boom, boom, boom. I had the job within two weeks. I mean, the man's a legend. But regardless, they, they moved around in one double A. Um, a DB coach, when I went to Hofstra for my first job, his name is Lyle Hempill. He was a young, maybe 26-year-old DB coach at Hofstra. Yeah. Those three names, Dave Clawson went from Fordham to Bowling Green, to now Wake Forest. He's the head coach, tearing it up. His defensive coordinator, Lyle Hemphill, who was that wow. DB coach at 26, trying to get his bearings. Now he's running the defense at Wake Forest. And his uh, number one guy, Dave Cohen, is now a D-line coach and just like consultant on the def- assistant head coach on the defensive side. So the, the tree stays strong, man. It's kind of crazy to see. Um, just the growth of these see guys. That loyalty, though, right? Like that's cool, man. That's a There's cool no doubt. thing. There's no doubt, and there's a lot of insecurity because, like, let's say now you're a coach, you're an assistant coach on a staff that's been successful, right? Let's say you're a one double A school. You guys go undefeated, big playoff run. Your head coach is hot. He gets a job, right? It's not guaranteed. Like once he gets there, he's got to figure everything out. He's not bringing everybody with him from that staff. So yeah. there's going to be those guys that are moving along, but then those guys that just had a successful year that don't get brought along, you're in, you know, you're tr- you're in trouble. That's stress stressful stuff. Now you have no idea where you're going to go after you had a great year. So um, So let me let me spin the wheel for you here. Yep. What what does it take to have a coach like Jeff Brown want to leave and go go somewhere else, a bigger job like LSU or USC or Virginia Tech or you know what give me some pros and cons of what he would think is it about money is it about what really what you're trying to build you know do you get to a point in your career is like all right I I came I've done what I wanted to do at this place let's go to another place you know how does that work I think it's a sliding scale man like to each his own there's so many different it's case by case. Like I think of an example. First of all, at the bar, at the end of the day, a lot of the times, money, 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 money. If yeah. they're throwing double your salary at another school, like, and you're yeah. tied to your, you know, loyal to this school, I mean, that's going to be a hard decision to turn down. Like literally yeah. taking your life and doubling it as far as net worth. But 
other than that, there's other factors. Like I think of Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Like he played yes. linebacker at Northwestern. I feel that he doesn't want to be anywhere else. That's like that's yeah. been established. You know what I mean? So you have guys that are loyal like that. But you know, in in Brahms' case, I feel like Purdue's done a great job of of putting resources in place for him. So. You're not going to go just like when when we had that when we when they had that scare for Brom going to was it Tennessee or back to Louisville? I think it was both. Oh no, it was Louisville. It was Louisville. But Tennessee was also around. Yeah, um, and it got emotional because Brom was tied to Louisville, right? He played there, coached there, like that's where From he, there. you know, he's the freaking mayor over there yeah. and grew up there. So, like for him to sit there and assess and this whole situation and. The only way that Purdue could have competed with that is because they did it the right way and they put resources in there for him. They gave him everything, like as far as a, a facility, uh, staff, the money, the the money, yeah. the money for his assistance, which is other uh, uh, another huge piece. It's not necessarily just the contract for the head coach; it's what the salary pool is for the assistant coaches, right? Like, yeah. you know, they got to be able to treat their assistant coaches right too. Um, so it's, it's literally putting all that stuff in place, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just like you would be looking for a job, I mean, yeah. it, it's what motivates you. Like for me, it's support, it's recognition, it's uh path for growth, all that stuff and just having the resources in the right spot. So I think, uh, kudos to the Boilermakers for, figuring out a way to put things in place to keep him comfortable, to keep everybody motivated and give them a healthy situation where he literally turned down an opportunity to go home and, and just be around there. Um, I remember on a, was it a radio show? I think it was a radio show. He started talking about his dad and like started getting emotional and that that's heavy stuff, man, because uh, you know, the opportunity to go back to your alma mater, that was my dream job at, at a point. So, yeah. But uh, he's in a good spot unless we got LSU or somebody coming to double his $5 million <laughs> salary. Then, uh, Please, God, you know. just leave us alone. <laughs> no, nah, we'll, I think we're okay for this offseason, but you never know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the coaching world in a nutshell is pretty crazy. And uh, just, to, just to put a little context or a little perspective in there, too, that after this season, I mean, it's, it's not over, man. So after this season, there's another season that starts and that's recruiting. And it's not even like it starts. I mean, recruiting is an all year thing, especially now, but after the year, I mean, you're on the road, you're on the road. Think about young, young guys, young families, newly married. You know what I'm saying? You're put on the road and you go, you're out there for four weeks. I struggled with that as a newly married coach. And, um, it was, it was just kind of crazy. So now, you know, I made the decision to get out of that because because of family and because of, you know, who I wanted to be as a dad and be and be present. Now, I'm not saying coaches are not present, but at the same time, they battle with time and uh, and being around. So that's it's always a tough lifestyle. And the fact that you don't know where you're literally going to be that next year. So your kids are going through elementary school. They might be in several different schools. So I see a lot of guys like settle down in one spot or or get out of it altogether but for those guys like i mentioned before for to see them grind it out and just smart and uh put the work in and have that reward come in like those guys at wake forest is just it's awesome man you see the full scale good stuff it's really good stuff good for them 
All right, here we go. My favorite section, my favorite new section of the show is the final five. We're going to wrap it up with five random questions. We got our guest producer here, my beautiful wife, Becca. Say hi. Hi. Hello. What's up, Beck? All right, we're going to go five random questions. All right, right. here we go. Craziest thing or one of the craziest things, because I'm sure you do have multiple stories you did in college craziest thing that i did in college that i could say on the podcast right now (laughs) i'm gonna go with uh shoot not proud of this but i was we were kind of we kind of bashed a little bit with uh the the greek life the fraternity the fraternity houses so here's here's a good story (laughs) so it's me in in the chevy chevy trailblazer that i had it's me it's uh jay void my roommate he was a running back, and Sean Phillips, legendary NFL, San Diego Charger, legendary Boilermaker, Sean Phillips. We're coming back from Buffalo Wild Wings, BW3s. It's a snowstorm. Coming up coming up the hill uh, on Stadium Road, we pass the fraternity house, Sig Epps, and all the, the frat guys are on their lawn, like, having a snowball fight. But I didn't see any of that. I'm cruising past. I get... <laughs> The car gets hit with a snowball, and I literally like skid out a little bit, like like yeah. swerve. So I was heated. Hit hit it, hit the turn, swerve into their street in front of the house. We get out. I'm ready to go, but then it turns into like this little playful snowball fight. So we're yeah. all good. Everybody's you know having fun, throwing <laughs> snowballs back and forth. And then this kid comes around the the car and like crow hops snowball right to my face right to Uh. my face instant and as soon as i get hit i chase after him onto the grass of the this frat house so and then he kind of stands there and i scoop him up by the legs and like we go down to the grass and i kind of throw in some haymakers like on his body right and then all of a sudden it's like a little scuffle but then it breaks up and then i look up and there's at least there's got to be 80, 80 dudes out there on this front lawn, yeah. okay? 80 dudes, and there's three of us. And Sean Phillips, decide, and he's just going off. Like, he goes off on these 80, 80 dudes just saying, like, I dare somebody to move or something, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Going crazy. So, And all these kids were frozen. Like, nobody was saying a word. Nobody moved. Yeah. And so I took that opportunity <laughs> to start <laughs> scooping up snowballs and packing it all in and start hitting these guys and nobody was doing anything. So I was what? I was taking these snowballs and I was hitting everybody. I was like, how you how's it feel? And then I look up and there's dudes on the like second level of the balcony. So I take a snowball and I just sling it, right? And all of a sudden it turns into like the matrix, like slow motion. Everybody's watching the <laughs> yeah. snowball. It's sailing up to the second level, and then it goes, like, right Uh, through their second floor window, okay? And as soon as that window crash happens, you hear it, woo, woo, uh, like, right around the corner. Of course. Cop car slides down the corner, and the whole fraternity, like, everybody on the front lawn is like, yeah, they're all cheering, Uh, like, just pointing right at me. Cop comes up, and you would think that, oh, oh, and by the way, Sean stayed the other guy took off. <laughs> J-Boy, my boy, was out. <laughs> anyway, he's got to do what he's got to do. I've, I've done him in, in the past before, too. <laughs> so so the cop, you would think he was in the fraternity, right? Like, he was just drilling me. And uh, I took a breathalyzer. I didn't drink anything. We literally went and had wings. Took yeah. a breathalyzer. Like, he was just trying to get me. 
nothing happens basically. And so I get, I get the call back or somehow like I had to apologize. Right. Which is cool. I show up the next day or two days later, I show up and I come to the frat house. I think I'm solo. And they like escort me back to this dude's room. He's like the president of the frat. And I show up like I'm on freaking Game of Thrones in front of the king, right? Like you know, how, you know, in that, you know, in that room, like the the throne room, right? People yeah, come and they like they give their requests to the king and all that stuff. So I literally feel like I'm in his bunk bed room, and there's all a bunch of dudes like hanging out, like his crew around the side. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I gotta bow. I gotta bend the knee at this guy, right? Like I apologize. No. But I thought I was going to have to, like, pay and pay for the window and all that yeah. stuff. Anyway, he turns and he's like, you're lucky I know. And so-and-so on the team, I think it was, like, John Staniford, or he drops a name. He's like, you're lucky I know this guy. Like, he shows his mercy for me. So I just, yeah. like, swallow the pride. I'm like, appreciate it, man. And I just roll out. And that uh, was it. That's a tough one, bro. <laughs> I had to bend the knee a little bit, man. Swallow the pride. You should have just went in there and flipped this bed over, bro. <laughs> Yeah, then I'd be somewhere in cuffs, still in West Lafayette jail. <laughs> anyway, what do you got, man? My college experience is way different than yours, bro. I mean, I was, I don't have anything that compares to that, really. College? All right, anything else? I'm trying to find some content here. All right, I think I'll pass on this subject. All right, we got to pass. Was, college was a weird time of my life, guys. <laughs> All right. The vibes on Thanksgiving... Or the vibes on Christmas with your extended family? Extended family? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like Christmas Eve as a kid. Extended family. My mom hosted that every year at our house, and it used to be pat like it was the spot. I felt like in the community, and like everybody in our family was there. We had uncles, we had aunts, we had people traveling in. It was it was really just like a solid solid childhood memory i mean i remember looking up and telling you know showing listening to the radio like where santa was rudolph glowing in the sky just like storybook type stuff so yeah definitely vibes uh extended family christmas eve 100 percent agreed christmas eve same and christmas general favorite offensive player this year in the nfl oh nfl that's a really good question, Beck. I like that question. I like that, too. I'm going to go Derrick Henry, man. Even though he's hurt and probably out the rest of the year. I'm just, I've, been, I've been rooting for him. And I think last year and this year were his year. Like, he was just out there dominating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think overall presence, overall dominance. It's just, like, crazy to think about, like, a human like that. You know, you're, you stand out in high school. You stand out in college. And then you get to the pros and you're still dominating, guys. Yeah, unbelievable. Agree. It's sick. It, yeah, it really is. The talent level is just unbelievable. That's why it's amazing. Yeah. Um, who's, I mean, Derrick Henry's just different. He's not, no one else is like him in the league. Big, fast, strong. You know what I mean? Honestly, I like watching Kyla Murray. Nice. I just love the way he plays. I love the fact that it almost seems like you could put him against anybody, any level, any era, and he still is going to be able to make plays around everybody, especially with his feet, man. I think he's electric. That's a fact. Give me a personal pet peeve. Shit. Oh, wow. 
I got one uh, real you, quick. I've always yeah. hated since a kid. I couldn't stand because I wasn't a fan. I know I didn't have a peanut butter and jelly till I was like 30. What you were here? 32, 32 35, probably. 35 years old, probably. So when growing up, when we had peanut butter, I hated when somebody used the same utensil from jelly and peanut butter and put the jelly in then peanut butter. I hated it. That wasn't me. That was definitely your father. <laughs> he still does. You go into his pantry and open up the jelly and the peanut butter. I guarantee you there's mixes in both. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> What's a pet peeve of pet yours? Peeve. I, uh, pet peeve. Like, I, so, I mean, I work 40 hours a week like everybody else. And my pet peeve uh, is coming home to uh a thousand people in my house you know what i mean like i just want to come home and kick the shoes off doesn't happen often but it happens enough where i just want to keep driving past the house you know what i mean that's tough man you gotta have some peace at home peppy of mine what's your favorite place to nap oh i I me in the bed bro straight bed nap yep there's nothing, there's nothing better than going upstairs when it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and catching Z's in the black bedroom, <laughs> nice and cool. I could not tell you the last time I've done that. But my favorite spot is the couch. Couch, kids are tired. Like, a lot of the times it's uh, my nap when I get home. I might yeah. fall asleep because they're just coming down. They're just watching a little show before bed, and I knock out for, like, 20 minutes. It's, it's pretty solid. It's comfortable. Yeah. How do you usually get your news? Twitter. <laughs> Me too. Easily. If I if something happens or I see an alert or somebody says something about a celebrity or whatever, I'll uh I'll t- I'll go to Twitter and type it in the search bar and kind of see what Every tweets day. are going out. It's got everything. And you get you got like the backstory, like you hear the details, details of everything that's yeah. going on. They're the quickest. Everything else you gotta like, oh you know, wait, wait, wait. Twitter, boom. As soon as you see it, it's already on Twitter. Twitter, that's where it's at. All right, we got a solid uh, final five right there. Another episode in of Life with Football. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll Allow see you me next to reintroduce time. myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music biz number one supplier.